0: Great to have you here, Graham Jack, who is our Chair at Athletics Trust Scotland. How are you, Graeme?
1: I'm fine, thank you very much, Kyle. Thanks Good. for inviting me inviting me on to prestigious so, podcast.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, have you been on a podcast before? Uh, I have. I have been uh-huh. on a podcast before,
1: and uh, I spoke for uh, about 20 minutes on a few topics, okay. and it never saw the light of day, so... You know, well,
0: <laughs> so hopefully this time this this should this should be uploaded in by by the start of National Running Week uh, on on Monday the fifth of of June. So, um, okay. but yeah, d- as just uh, as a, as an intro to to Graham um, Graham, you are the chair of Athletics Trust Scotland, as I mentioned, but also the chair of a fantastic uh, Glasgow-based running club, West End Road Runners, and um, and you're an, a keen runner yourself. And uh you 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 hold many different hats not only in the running community, but you, you know you also work um uh for uh Mueller as well as as the the communications director. I'll get this wrong, hopefully apologies for the communications director, is that right? Nah,
1: you you you're all right, oh. Kyle, on that one. That's fine. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so uh, let rather than me rambling i would rather you just tell us a little bit about you know your sort of story how you got into running um and kind of where you are now and yeah. in the running side of things as well
1: yeah well i i mean as you as you say i'm i am a keen uh keen runner i'm quite old now so i'm kind of masters um um uh, runner I, I, and i'm i'm Probably half marathon, right down to um, mile uh, track. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still learning, um, even though I'm I'm old now, um, and just trying to trying to do the best that I can up against some. I think I think the ma- masters running right now is unbelievably strong in yeah. in Scotland, um, and it really is a privilege to. To, to be on the track or uh, uh, at, at, at these running events with s- some of these runners, so I, I just do the best that I can. But um, you know, it,
0: I think it, you're also quite modest as well. Um, you've you've achieved some some medals as well in in your age group as well. So uh, yeah, what, what what when did you achieve those? And uh, oh, and uh, what sort
1: well of like I, events is it? Yeah, I mean, I, like a lot of people, um, lockdown um meant that there just weren't the big mass participation halves and uh, yeah. uh so on that, that that I'd been used to so I, I I did try track out during lockdown and uh um found that I was okay at it so uh with a bit of encouragement from my club mates at uh, West End Roadrunners um, you know experienced masters runners people like uh, stephen brown um yeah. who's who, who's who's an excellent uh, uh runner and is also a a real kind of mentor for um uh, people at the performance um end of of west end roadrunners so he kind of suggested yeah. that 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 i should give give that a go and i i i, I, I picked up my first medal at the national masters in uh, dundee last year 5000 meters yeah. and um you know I'm, I'm 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 hoping just to keep going um i've got big a big kind of um uh change in my age class coming up in in about oh. I don't know just over a year
0: so um <laughs> I won't reveal that
1: <laughs> so 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 yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to that and there'll be a big effort yeah. round about that time yeah I'm at the wrong end of the current age class at the moment but That's,
0: uh, um, it's, yeah like when you're a junior isn't it you know when you're a junior it's like that when when you're there you know when say you're an under 17 and you just turn 15 it's like Oh, I'm the, you know, it's, but this time it's, it's, it's better when you're the youngest in your age group, <laughs> isn't it? It's, you know, you've got a bit more strength and power as, as, as we age. Uh, yeah, so that's, well, that's exciting. And, um, and, and, you know, you as a, you're the, as we you say, you're the chair of West End Roadrunners. Now, I'd really like to just get into the, the club uh, just for a couple of minutes um, before our, our special guest comes on. Uh, just yeah, let us know just like how you got into you know the, the actual club itself and you know where where their origins came from and and mm-hmm. you know what's the sort of um, the, the the culture of West End Road as well.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, West End Road Runners is is a it's a young club. Um, it was only set up um, seven years ago. Now, uh, in Glasgow, uh, it came out of the embers of a very small running club that kind of went uh, defunct. And there were just a few of us left at that time. And we looked around the the area um, and we felt that there was a real gap. Um, we have one of the biggest park runs in the country at, at, at uh, Victoria Park. Uh, they regularly get, you know between three and five five hundred people uh each week yeah. and we just we just felt that there was a gap there and there are some excellent clubs around us you know we've got we've got the highest regard for clubs like Garscube Harriers um we've also got Mary Hill and Springburn uh around us as well and of course Victoria uh park um we we felt we could offer offer something different and um the benefit that we had was because we were a new club um we could um uh, and and because of the, the the people connected with the club at that time in its infancy um we 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 were, we had the capability to look at who they market was if you like yeah, um yeah. and to design the club around uh, 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 around the runners and we're still a very kind of runner centric club um uh and you know we're a young club and we make lots and lots of mistakes i make lots of mistakes in 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 my role um, but I think there's a lot of goodwill in terms of trying to do something a bit different um and we you know we're not trying to replicate um super clubs like gas cube um harriers are our, 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 our near neighbors we are genuinely trying to do pitch it pitch it differently um and trying to accommodate people from um the people who are just starting out uh, yep. r- right up to um uh, runners who are Trying to win, you know, Scottish and uh, uh, British, yeah. uh, br- British medals. So um, I think core, core to the success of West End honors has been this kind of ethos. Uh, it's a ver- very values-based club. So we've got three values: yeah. accessibility, inclusivity, transparency. So they are they are really really important. Um, to us, and I think the other yeah. the other uh, reason for the success of West End Road is the coaching. And yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. you know, we're lucky enough to have Colin Thomas, who's the current Scottish Athletics Community Coach of the Year. He's been a, been, been with us since the start, and uh, he's been fantastic in helping to develop coaching capability throughout the club. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Too. So I think it's it's one of these situations where we, we we had an opportunity and there was real goodwill. There's a really strong volunteer spirit and um, the club's grown very significantly. And uh, uh, you know we're regularly now getting 50, 60 um, uh, runners for each for each session. Um, so yeah it's good it's really it's really exciting and uh, um you, you know I, I love it and um, love to be that's, part of it
0: it's amazing and and it, it, I suppose that segues really nicely into um you, you know your your club west End road runners and the members are taking part in national Running week yeah uh, this on on the fifth of June as well and so tell us about you know what's what's their plans for the you know for for the week and all uh, oh, right, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll leave that to you since you, <laughs> <you've>, <laughs> well, uh, you mentioned other clubs' name too.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like I'm bigging up Garscube a bit too much now, but um, we're we're um, uh, you are know, we're close. are we're close neighbours, and uh, there's there's quite a good friendly uh, um, rivalry. So. Um, We actually stole this idea from Bell Houston Harriers and Bell Houston Roadrunners. (laughs) They do a thing called the Mob Match where they meet um, at a park run and they basically just um, have a bit of fun and um, uh, race off against each other. So we're we're adapting that idea, changing it a little bit, but we're adapting that idea and we'll, we'll be taking on Garscube Glasgow um, uh, Harriers. Um, I think on Saturday the 11th, and we're doing it at Elder Park, which is one of the newest right. and fastest park runs uh, in, in in Glasgow. And that we, okay. there's good, you know, we, we know the run directors there, and they're quite happy. I think it's also their their uh, years anniversary too, so they're oh, going to be swamped okay. oh, with they? runners. Uh, yeah. On, on on that date, so um, yeah, we'll 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 have a bit of fun, and of course, the, the call to action is that we're uh, we're asking everyone who participates just to press the the donate button and donate a fiver to Athletics Trust Scotland, and that will in turn help um, people from disadvantaged communities. To get access to running and athletics and all of the benefits that you know everybody who who listens to this are f- kind of fully aware of so um that that that's the plan um uh so yeah we, we're looking forward to that i think i think you know we've already got 25 30 people signed up in our club and i'm sure Glasgow yeah. are the same
0: but it's, uh, it's fantastic uh, to see you know both clubs taking part in you know, in aid of Athletics Trust Scotland and, you know, as, as you said, to support the Transforming Lives project, which, you know, ultimately is going to to help the running community in Scotland and um, in the most deprived areas in Scotland, where there currently isn't any accessible, you know, athletics accessibility coaches. So this really is going to make a huge impact, the running community who clearly love our sport, and they've certainly, the, the, you you'll know this as well the amount of people we know uh, and i'm sure the listeners know who've had their la- lives transformed by running athletics is incredible um yeah. and 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 that's really something that we're going to 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 dive straight into is um we have a special guest who is is on the who's coming on the show in the next couple of minutes or so is uh stephen beatty who has a fantastic incredibly raw story and you know he's he's volunteered to come on to support um you know the transforming lives project which it ultimately is is you know the similar um you know there's a lot of similarities with his story um and he, you know, I'm not gonna tell you go into the, the, the all the details, but he's he's opened up his vulnerability for this and um and to be transparent and to support our cause. So uh without further ado, here is Stephen Beatty. Okay, we're delighted to have on Stephen Beattie on the podcast. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show, Stephen. It's it's a absolute honour to have you on the show and uh, to share your story which um, you know I've I've heard from another podcast. Um, but Stephen, how are you? How are you getting on? Uh,
2: thank you, uh, yeah I'm really good. Uh, not long finished my exam so I've got a, a couple of months of stress-free before I go back in September.
0: Oh, brilliant. And what is it you you know I know this, but what is it you're studying at the moment? Uh, medicine. Medicine, right, okay. Uh, yeah, So oh, I'd say <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> a, a big commitment. Yeah, I, I'd imagine yeah. for for you and um, you know that where's that you are studying? Is it in Glass, in Dundee? No, Dundee, in Dundee. Right. Okay.
2: I was at I was at Glasgow yeah. University for my last degree. Uh, doing this yeah. one in Dundee.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. And how many how many years have you got left? And
2: in- still got another another four. Uh, potentially right. another three. Okay. There's a lot of talk yeah. within the UK government about condensing the medical course to four years instead of okay. the five years, which it's currently at. So it could be four, but probably going to be another four years.
0: Yeah, okay. It's uh yeah, well well fingers crossed, uh, fingers crossed it's condensed. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I <hope so> too. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um well, you know, Stephen, you you're um you you're obviously an athlete as well, and um, you know, one of the things we want to get into is is kind of how you got into athletics and running um so i suppose if you don't mind just rewind yeah. all the way back to 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 you know you as a as a kid and you know just your sort of background and um we, we can kind of just take it from there
2: yeah know. well I, I got into athletics at 13 uh, through my right. okay. teacher in school uh he's seen a bit of talent that i had for for running he recommended that yeah. I go up to the local athletics club, which was yeah. at that time, uh, Victoria Park, which is now City of Glasgow Athletics Club. Uh, yeah. So I went there with a couple of my friends. Uh, I went for two weeks and then stopped for a couple of months because at that time I was also involved in a lot of uh, gangs in Glasgow. So that kind yeah. of prevented yeah. me from uh, fully committing to athletics. Uh, but what athletics did give me at that time, which I didn't have, was a positive direction. In life yeah school I wasn't involved in my studies at all I've never studied I was always getting into trouble fighting setting off fire alarms just generally being a a, a bad student I got suspended from almost every school I went to Uh, I was a carer for my mother and my father at the time as well so athletics was the only thing that really gave me a a chance to disconnect from all the the stress at home and all the stress uh, going on outside with the with the gangs as well
0: Okay, and you know, I suppose du- during that time, you know, were you like, you know, how 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 was it like? Where where were you? Was it in Glasgow that you were? You were- yeah,
2: it was in uh, the south side of Glasgow. It was an area called Killington, yeah. not far from the okay. head shopping center. Yeah, yeah, but at that time, like Glasgow was pretty. I think most places in Glasgow was pretty pretty violent, gang violence at that time was at it's it's high point and. Everybody I knew was in some way, shape, or form involved in, in gangs, and and I get involved in that as well, just purely based on where I grew up and where I was born. It was something that I don't think I know anybody that was able to to avoid it.
0: Yeah. How did you um like? How did you get into athletics during that time? Like, you know, was there like did somebody say you should get involved in athletics or? Was Did someone approach you or did you approach them? Or no, it was, exactly, like?
2: it was exactly that. It was my PE teacher who said that he'd seen a talent for me at sprinting because we would play football or we'd play other sports uh, at school. And he recommended yeah. that I belong to the local athletics club and just see how I got on. He said, I've got a talent. Why don't you see if you can try and nurture that talent? And what that could also do is try and prevent you from getting involved in stuff with gangs as well. I think he knew at the yeah. time that, having sport and a direction like that could help me get away from from the gangs and to a certain extent uh, it did. Do
0: you think um, if it wasn't for athletics at that time things would be a lot different?
2: Without a doubt yeah so one of the things athletics would do is one of my friends Jamie Sinclair uh, his dad Colin yeah he would pick me up at the weekend so on friday instead of going out with my friends drinking at the shop we would go to the Kilwin hall and we would train so i would say to yeah. my friends that in gangs i can't come out because i'm training so i had a good excuse yeah. i didn't have yeah. to go out and drink with them because they know i was training so for a, a couple of years that kept me out of the, the the problems that my friends were having in gangs it wasn't until i had a, a car crash which prevented me from going to training which meant that i didn't have that excuse from my friends, which meant I was going back out with my friends that were involved with gangs. So that sort of dragged me back into into gangs. The the fact that I wasn't able to commit to my athletics anymore.
0: Yeah. Okay. And you know, during during that time, that must have been um you must have been getting pulled in two different directions. uh yeah. You know, yeah. which for you must have been hugely difficult. A hugely difficult time. For yeah. You, as a teenager. Yeah, you're going
2: through puberty as well. You're you're trying to find out who yeah. you are as a person. And you've yeah. got people trying to pull you in a positive direction. i coaches tell me to stay away from that lifestyle. But also you, your friends that you grew up with, you don't want to ignore them either. You don't want to see them like, I yeah. think I'm better than them and stop talking to them completely. And at that age, you don't have the confidence to have those conversations either. Like now you would have a yeah. conversation, what well, I would, with somebody and say that that lifestyle is not for me. I'm going to pull myself away from that. 15, yeah. and 16 years old, you, you don't have that confidence, the confidence you get is being part of that bigger group
0: Yeah, yeah. and yeah I mean you, you see, you hear about stories like this a lot and for, for me as part of the trust it's like we, we you know as community impact officers which is ultimately what we, we're looking to do and even for clubs, current clubs and it's there's such a need to try and get people into the sport so that they can avoid um you know the experiences such as what you've you've gone through and you know we've barely even touched the uh, some of the things that you've you've gone through and I hope you don't mind me uh saying but you know as yeah. you mentioned like after a, a couple of years you know you, you 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 felt you were going to the club and then what what was the the, the sort of pivotal moment that you kind of got dragged back into the life that the the, the sort of the this, the the unwanted life, I suppose. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think once we left school, uh, the gang violence escalated completely. Yeah. It Escalated to the point where one night I was around at my my friend's house. We were having a couple of drinks, but he stayed in an area that we didn't we weren't from. His mum had moved to an area called Renfrew, right? So at that time, if you were in another area that you weren't from, it was a danger for you because people always wanted to fight with people from other gangs. Stupidly yeah. that night, we decided that we were going to go to the kebab shop to get something to eat. Four of us walked down to the kebab shop. We were inside the kebab shop when two other guys came to the door. They came to the door. One of the guys said to us, where the fuck are you, Faye? Where are you from, right? We said, well, from Hillington. Yeah. They said, why the fuck are you here? This isn't where you're from. We go in a fight. Yeah. One of them had a broken bottle. He tried to stab me in the face with it. I put my hand up. He caught me in the hand at the time as well. We severed an artery in my hand. We were running back to my friend's house, which was maybe 300 metres from the, the kebab shop. Going to the toilet. And I, instead of trying to stop the the blood that was literally squirting out of the severed artery on my left hand, I was kidding on to my friends. I was Spider-Man. I was putting the blood onto the mirror in his toilet. <laughs> Thankfully, a couple of my friends had a wee bit more sense than I did. Yeah. At. Put on an amateur tourniquet, elevated my arm. Mm-hmm. I got to... The hospital the, the nurse said to me uh, you've severed an artery in your hand you're going to have to go for an operation but what she'd also noticed was my pinky on my right hand was hanging off it was severed it was hanging on by a, a bone and a, a bit of tendon there Jesus. and i had no idea yeah. about the pain at the time until she mentioned it so as soon as she mentioned yeah. it and i seen it it was pain that i'd never felt before in my life she said uh-huh. you're going to have to do two operations on this hand and one to reattach your finger now, that gave me three months without athletics again. I can remember uh, Callum Innes' dad, Gordon, they published a, an article about that on the Victoria Park uh, athletics page just to let everybody know why I wouldn't be at training. But yeah. I can remember the story was sort uh-huh. of framed in a way that I was sort of innocently attacked instead of being part of a a, a gang yeah. at the time going to, <laughs> okay. going, to the, going to the kebab shop. Yeah, that was, that was the first. Yeah incident that you would think, thinking about it now, you're thinking, oh my god, like, if that happened to you, well, stop doing that. That doesn't yeah. seem like it's going to have a, a, a good outcome for you, but it didn't. I, I kept getting involved in in gangs, and at the same time, I was one foot in athletics, one foot in gangs, and then another incident happened where it took me completely out of athletics. At that time, I was still at the weekend, I had the option of going to uh, athletics, I would get dropped off at the Kelvin Hall, and I'd get brought back home, so I wouldn't have to go out with my friends, but unfortunately one day i went to my other friend's house uh, we had a drink it was a wednesday and he had uh, an argument with his neighbor who stayed directly above him at the time and he was outside in the garden we were in his house uh, drinking he came running back in screaming saying that the guy up the stairs had tried to start fighting with him again so we came out, mm-hmm. out outside to give him a hand that guy had locked himself in his house my friend is trying to kick the guy's door in to get to him, right? That guy yeah. had pulled up outside the house in a rush, so he's left his car on the road. Unfortunately for him, the keys were still on it. My friend's picked up a big slab that you get in gardens, the massive square yeah. slab. He's trying to put it through the side, the driver's side window, right? Can't get it through, walks back to the passenger side window, tries to get it through, it doesn't go through, goes round to the back window. First time, it goes right through the parcel shelf. This slab lands directly on the middle of the parcel shelf, right? This gets important yeah. later on in the story, so remember where this is. Yeah. I stupidly uh, get inside the car, the keys are on the seat, put the keys in the ignition, drive around the block, come back round to where my friends are there. Only one of my friends is stupid enough to then the time to get in the car with me because I don't have a license. I don't know how to drive, and I'm yeah. drunk. He gets in the yeah. car with me. We drive down to the local industrial state. We take turns doing handbrake turns in the car, just messing around with it. We decided to drive back to my house in Ardennes, and yeah. I was from Hillington, but I stayed in Ardennes because of the gang violence, people kept kicking my door in and smashing my window, so we had to move to Ardennes, so we decided we'll go to Ardennes, it's a 15 minute drive, there's more drink in my house, we'll leave the car there, we'll get some drink, and we'll forget about it, right? So we're driving across to Ardennes. We're driving through an area called Park, where the silver burn is. It's maybe five more oh. minutes Ardennes. I'm speeding 75 miles an hour, roughly, in a 30 mile an hour zone. As the bend starts on the road, I lose control, smashed directly into a tree. And I can't remember any of this. It wasn't until my friend was he was friends through his rubby with one of the paramedics that came on scene on after the accident. Now, as the car crashed, that slab that I told you was on the path itself, it came flying through. It went right through the front window. Now, if you can imagine, if that was to Uh, the right or to the left, it would have took my head off and my friend's head off. uh, Now, I had to be resuscitated inside the car. They had to cut me out of the car, resuscitate me again inside the ambulance. My next recollection is waking up in the operating theatre, absolutely screaming about my hip i'd broke my hip my right hip was in bits Uh, the the next memory i had they must have gave me something to put me back to sleep because the next memory i had i woke up in the hospital bed yeah now i don't know if any of have ever been in the hospital before but they do a very good job of tucking the 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 sheets into the the mattress
0: yeah so so, so
2: I, i woke up and i'm i've literally got a pin so I broke my hip, so I have to put it in traction, right? What traction means is they put a pin through your hip, they elevate it to keep it in a certain position. So my right leg is literally wired uh, to this uh, thing at the top of the bed. I can't feel my left leg, and I can't see it because it's underneath the sheet. But I put my hand down so I can feel I've got a cast on my leg. But I can't feel yeah. it any further down because I can't sit up because I'm so tired. There's a nurse walking past, and I shout her over, and I said, what happened? She said, you were in a really bad car crash. I said, do I still have my leg? Because I couldn't feel it. I couldn't, had no yeah. feeling about my leg and I couldn't see it because of the sheet was there and I couldn't pull the sheet off because it was so tight. She said, you do? I said, can you pull that sheet off just so I could see my foot? She pulls the sheet off. I could see I've still got my foot. I'm relieved I've still got a foot. At that yeah. time, my friend who was in the car, Chris, comes into my mind. I said to the nurse, what happened to Chris? She gave me that look that you only give to somebody when something serious has happened. I pause for a minute and I say to her, is he dead? She pauses for a second, and said, he's not dead, but he's broke his back. I said, is he paralysed? She said, we don't know. He's going for an operation tomorrow. We'll have to wait and see. And then yeah. she just walks away and leaves me on this bed. Now, I, I don't have my phone. I, can, I literally can't move because I'm wired to the bed. I'm thinking, what's my mum and dad thinking? Do they know I'm yeah. here? Do they think I'm dead? The woman said, I'm never going to be able to run again. I'll be lucky if I have a walk. So at my time I'm thinking But the only thing I've got positively just now is athletics. That's gone. If I can't yeah. run and I need work, what chance have I got of going back to athletics? And if athletics is gone, what other chance have I got of breaking that vicious cycle I was currently in? So I got yeah. out, I got addicted to, I was in the hospital for weeks. So I got addicted to tramadol in the house for the pain. Uh, I started getting back out with yeah. my friends again because I didn't have the athletics as an excuse to not get out with them at the weekend. We would get drunk inside the house. And it's not until years later when I think back, like, that was only six months after the incident with my hand. I'm thinking I've nearly died on two separate occasions in less than a year's time. And I'm still doing the same actions that got me in that place in the first place. And I've not stopped. And at the same time as well, so I was getting involved in gang fights. So that was giving me criminal charges. Obviously, I was getting a criminal charge for stealing the car, crashing the car, nearly killing my friend. I remember the judge yeah. said to me something that sticks with me to this day as well. He said, you're lucky that you hit a tree at 70 miles an hour. And at that time, I was thinking, like, it doesn't seem lucky to me. I had a tree at 70 miles an hour. Yeah. And he said, what would have happened if a woman was walking past with her pram and she had her kid in it and you hit that woman with the kid instead of the tree? You would be here on a murder charge rather than the yeah. charges you're on just now never mind the serious injuries you've sustained yourself and the serious injuries you gave to your friend. This situation yeah. could have been so much so much worse. But I didn't, I didn't take that on board. I was getting into more trouble getting sent to Pullman Young Offenders Institution at the time. I must have had three or four different uh, custodial sentences uh, at Pullman. Yeah. One of the other ones, I was going to athletics, but we were in Ardern, like I said, right? So, I had to get the bus to the city centre and then get the subway to the Kelvin Hall for training. And one day coming home, this was on a Thursday night after the Thursday night training. I was coming from the bus stop to my parents' house, which was maybe 200 metres. There's this guy at the lane before I can get to my mum's house and he's pretty drunk. And he says to yeah. me the same stuff that guy said, he said, where the fuck are you from? And I said, "There was some Holland. He said, why are you in our den? You don't stay here. We got on a, a bit of a, a bit of a fight. Not a fight. I was drunk as well coming home then. So I came yeah. back from training, right? I got a half bottle of <laughs> Buckfast for the bus coming home. So I'm coming home on the bu- <laughs> coming home on the bus, uh, after drinking half bottle of wine, bump into this guy in the lane. We have a, a fight, it's a couple of punches, which I thought was a couple of punches. He started walking back down downhill, I'm walking up the lane, right? And I'm struggling mm-hmm. to breathe at that time. And I can also hear this very distinctive sound that, I, that I'll never forget. Imagine you turn on a hat, right? And that tap water's just hitting off the concrete. That sound that you hear, water's just dropping out of the concrete. Oh. That's what happened And I could feel my the side, my left-hand side getting wet. So I put my hand up, my my, my side of my T-shirt, and it was wet, and it was it was covered in blood. That sound that I could hear was just blood just dripping out of the side of me. So you can imagine how Jeez. panicking I was. I'm screaming yeah. at my mum to phone an ambulance. My mum and dad come out of the door. They're thinking, what the hell's happened? They're looking at their son potentially dying. I actually said to my mum and dad that I loved them because I thought I was going to bleed to death inside the close in front of them. The ambulance came. I'm bouncing off the walls in and out of consciousness. They get me to the hospital. The guy said to me, the doctor says, you're lucky you've been stabbed. I said, yeah, I've been stabbed in the back. He said, you've been stabbed twice. He said, you can't breathe because you've punctured your lung. And he said, you're lucky because... When you've punctured your left lung, if that stab mark had been a millimetre to the right hand side, it would have been through the back of your heart and I wouldn't have made it to the hospital in time. Like if that had clipped my heart instead of my lung, I would have been dead in minutes. And he, we had a conversation, right, so he's looked at my medical records and he's looked through the last two years and realised in the last two years you've nearly died three or four times. And he said to me, like, if you continue to do this, eventually you're going to run out of luck. Meaning I was going yeah. to die. I didn't listen to him again. It was another custodial sentence in Pullman before I really started to think where my life was going. And in Pullman, I wasn't any better behaved either. I was getting into yeah. fights uh, constantly. You can imagine the sort of melting point, uh, melting pot Pullman was. Like you're taking that guy that gets into trouble in school from every school in every area in Scotland and you're putting them all in one place. Well, that, mm-hmm. That's not conducive to making a person better. You're actually going to make that person worse and more violent. So I got I had a 12-month sentence for gang fighting. I had two months left on the sentence. I got on three fights in one week. The governor of the jail yeah. said to me, eh, you're out in two months, we're taking your telly and we're putting you in to sell yourself, right? So that was yeah. the first time that I can remember that I had time to think about where my life was going. Because I was a carer for my mother and father as well. My dad had parts and my mum had schizophrenia and cancer. So at home, the environment was very stressful looking after them. Yeah outside it was stressful trying to deal with the gangs there wasn't a minute that i had during that period where i could think the first chance i had to think was inside Pullman, weirdly enough when they took my telly for yeah so i I just wrote down everything i was doing wrong so something i still do today i write down everything i'm doing and i say if i keep doing this where am i going to be in five years time and if i don't like where i'm going to be in five years time i will have to change what i'm doing and that's exactly what i did i wrote down the problems i had it was glasgow alcohol and gangs I said alcohol yeah. easy i'll just stop drinking stop drinking gangs was going to be difficult because i was in glasgow so i had to move out of glasgow but i didn't have any money yeah. i'm highly unlikely to get a job who's going to employ the guy yeah. that gets suspended from every school he went off didn't have good qualifications and is coming out of pullman young offenders institution probably nobody so what i decided was i'm going to set up my own business but the only thing i could do was stuff related to sport that's the only thing i was ever good at at that point so thought, yeah. okay if i can sell my services as a personal trainer that means i don't need to find somebody to employ me i can employ myself yeah. so i get rid of the problem with payment and the convictions and the lack of qualifications i can save up money and i can move out of glasgow but i just knew it was going to be extremely difficult so what i'd done the first day i got out is i signed myself up for the athletics competition because i knew yeah. that if I something positive to focus on it would increase my chances of ticking off all the boxes that i just wrote down I signed myself up for an open graded match six weeks after getting out of poleman. The only thing I was doing at my time was circuits inside my cell. I couldn't run. I didn't yeah. have a try. There was maybe five meters uh, in the cell for me, to jog back and forward. But I knew yeah. just having a positive, something positive to look forward to uh, would probably keep me out of the gangs. And it thankfully did. I uh, got back yeah. to athletics, was training consistently, stopped drinking, stopped hanging about with gangs, saved up enough money with my personal training business, moved out of moved out of glasgow i was doing um, multi events at the time in athletics yeah up until 2012 it looked like i was making some really good progress in the multi events then i had the uh, bout of uh, food poisoning right yeah you think nothing of it. it's food poisoning in a couple of days i'm going to be fine and a couple of days later yeah. i was fine i got back to my training didn't think anything of it but three weeks four weeks later something really weird happened I woke up one morning and I had this pain in my left groin, right? Like you pulled your groin yeah. and I thought that's what it was. I thought I was doing hurdles yesterday. Maybe that's what I've done. I've, I've pulled a wee, uh, something in my groin. I'll give it a couple of days and it'll get better. But It started yeah. getting really strange because a couple of days later, I woke up and the pain was on my right groin. So I started yeah. questioning my sanity. I'm thinking, I'm sure it was my left groin that was saw, right? And now, it's, now it's my yeah. right one. Over the next couple of days and weeks, this yeah. pain starts radiating down my legs radiant through my knees down through my feet up through my back now this is getting really weird because my eyes started getting conjunctivitis right so i was waking up in the morning i couldn't open my eyes They were just green and really really sticky i was losing yeah. so much weight my mum and dad were really worried my friends were worried they kept trying to convince me to go to the hospital but I, for whatever reason i didn't want to go i kept trying to convince myself was i pulled muscle on my back it's going to get better but eventually because i was sleeping on a mattress in the oven because I couldn't yeah. get my bed. I was peeing into an empty milk carton because I, I couldn't get up to go to the toilet. My friends literally dragged me to the, the hospital. While I was in the hospital, they'd done all the, the blood tests, my CRP, my inflammation markers were f- through the roof. But none of the doctors knew what was going on. It wasn't until some Swedish doctor, thankfully, was in the hospital at the time came to see me. And he'd asked me about any previous illnesses and infections in the couple of months leading up to this. And I told him yeah. about the food poisoning. And he said, "Okay, what you've got is you have a condition called Reiter syndrome, right?" And I was thinking, mm-hmm. what, "What is that?" So he was explaining to me what it was. It was a uh, autoimmune condition. So you have an initial infection, it clears up, but over the course of two or three weeks, uh, there's a lag period. But then your immune system activates and it starts attacking itself. So that's what was happening with me. Yeah. It was attacking my joints, it was attacking my feet, and it was attacking my eyes. So I asked him, okay. "How long is this going to last for me?" He said, "This could last." 12 to 18 months that it could be something you're going to have to deal with permanently. Now, I'd only been yeah. a couple of years away from the car crash and spending two years rehabilitating myself to get myself back to a point where I could walk and then ultimately run in the to athletics. So at that point, yeah. I was thinking, that, what's the chances of that? Twice in one person's life I've been told I'm not going to be able to walk again, never mind run. So that took me another two years to get over the active arthritis. That changed my full... Uh, thinking on diet as well. My diet at that time was, yeah. was terrible the, because I was looking for potential solutions to get rid of reactive arthritis. I found one of the things you could do was improve your diet. So I started studying yeah. for the first time in my life as well. I started studying about diets and how diets happen, uh, affect your, your body and how diets yeah. affect not just my own condition, but my mother and my father's condition. So I started studying yeah. and I thought I'm going to apply for college before yeah. that, I'd never studied really before at all. Applied for college, didn't get in, used it positively, got in the following year, went to college, done an access course, got into Glasgow University, uh, got back to athletics again, thankfully. Uh, but I couldn't do multi events anymore because of my hips and my knee. I couldn't do hurdles. Uh, I couldn't run burn bends because of my knee. So. Me and my, yeah. my new coach at that time, John, decided, why don't you just do the, the 100 metres? You run in a straight line, you don't have to run in the bend, it'll be a wee bit less stressful on your, your legs and your hips. So, yeah, so after a training for a, a year with him, I made really good improvements. I won the West Districts and the Scottish Unis 100 metre title. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. uh, got, got to represent Scotland at the Scottish Universities versus Irish Universities International match. Uh, yeah. And if you just remember, like, from the last couple of years, all those... Uh, injuries and accidents that i had that was now at a point where i wasn't just running and being competitive that I was actually winning winning races from those points when i was in the hospital thinking i almost lost my legs i'm never going to be able to walk again and then the reactive arthritis came and thinking like that's it. it's definitely over now i'm never going to be able to run yeah. or win any titles again and then to be at that point where i wasn't just running again but i was i was winning races at a pretty decent level was yeah, i was just thinking back if I could go back and tell myself, I'd save myself a lot of stress if I could go back and tell that 17-year-old yeah. in the hospital bed that this is going to get—it's going to get better. Uh, try not to, to stress about it. Wow,
0: well, that—that's incredible. Um, so when was it the—the the crash? When did it? What year was it? You, you 2007. You, two, 2007. So it relatively, it's not—not not that long ago, is it? No. Oh, it's, no. Uh, no. It must feel quite raw to be from where you were then to to where you are now um, yeah. and like it's like what what was the what what do you like feel now you know when you look back and you think you know what what could i have could is was it, is there anything that you think you could have done differently um, or maybe not not you but do you think if if there was something there that would have prevented you from leading the life you did what, what do you think that that is or or you know or maybe it's a collective number of different things is there anything yeah. that you think
2: that is that a good be? question and it's, it's again it's multifaceted at the time i was yeah. living in a, a working class area where gangs were were rife uh, i don't yeah. think there's yeah. much i could have done individually that could have yeah. prevented the violence that was going on in the area i grew up in hanging around with the gangs also give you protection as well at that age yeah. you don't want to be isolated from the people that's supposed to be your protection at the same time as well and i've thought about that a lot over the years is there anything i could have done to have avoided that and i'm not quite sure there was i'd done what yeah. i had to do at that particular time in my life and environment that that i was in
0: yeah okay and and i mean now you're like to to go into just what you just said about becoming a champion yeah after all the things that you've you've gone through is is amazing like and yeah. i'm sure not many people knew your story until maybe even till, until now yeah, you know I like think, uh, yeah. i i think it's it's amazing to to have someone like you to to share this and if you know for for my perspective and the trust and the running community we we want more people like you to to change our lives and to do what you've done but you know you've you've not only you know, built yourself a successful personal training business. You now, you know, you you went to, you obviously studied at college. you Then went to university, you got you got a degree, and and now you're like, tell us, tell us that sort of journey.
2: Yeah, uh, that's now as well. Yeah, I went to the University of Glasgow after uh, finishing college for one year. I realised very quickly that I had that talent academically as well. Yeah, uh, uni was actually surprisingly easy for me. So one thing I'd done at university to make it more difficult was learn Spanish. I thought, well, I'm going to start teaching myself Spanish and doing these lessons in Spanish instead of in English because in English, it wasn't really giving me that that challenge to wake up. It was like, you yeah, yeah. said you're going to a track meet tomorrow, but you're running 90% of your best. It's not sort of motivating. You don't really yeah. want to do that because you know you can't. It's fairly easy. So I was looking for yeah. ways to make it difficult. I started taking notes with my left hand. So I would teach myself to write my notes with my left hand. And it progressed to the point where I would be taking notes in my left hand in Spanish, <laughs> taking on the right side of the page in my right hand in English. So I would make sure that I only ever wrote on the left-hand side of my notebook and my left hand in Spanish, and I don't ever write on the right-hand side in English with my with my with my right hand. And then I'm doing. And then I graduated. Yeah, I graduated from Glasgow Uni. I went to the Royal Marines for a bit. I got medically discharged because of my, my knee again. Uh, yeah. I fell and injured my knee out on exercise. But I applied for medicine at the University of Dundee while I was applying for the Royal Marines as well. I realised that the Royal yeah. Marines was hard enough if you go there 100% healthy, considering yeah. then I had the result that I might not progress through the training. And if they did, I wanted to have a good plan B. So my plan B was to go to, to medical school. So I got my day, I trained for a year to prepare my body for the Royal Marines. I was due to start the Royal Marines on the Monday, on the Friday I was going to do the UCAP for medical school. So the UCAP for people that don't know it's the UK clinical aptitude test that every medical student has to do as part of their medical application. So I just prepared for that at the same time as preparing for the Royal Marines. Got discharged from the Royal Marines uh, after eight months, thankfully got accepted to, to medical school at the University of Dundee. And now I'm doing the same thing in medical school. I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I'm teaching myself French, using the Spanish that I learnt to make medical school slightly more difficult as well. <laughs> it, seems, it seems a bit crazy, but yeah, I'm on my, yeah, my left-hand side of the page was in Spanish now and the right-hand side in French. It, it half the time in French is now, for the whole, by the time I graduate, I'll be fluent in French as well.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Like, I mean, you know, met, like, it's 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 hard enough you know just with just getting into medicine um you know based on someone who's 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 had the support around them throughout their lives you've not had that no not at all you've not had you know financially you know in in an area and just you obviously what happened to you physically and emotionally is is just absolutely incredible and uh you know a hugely you know i'm sure a lot of people are, are proud of what you've done um like what you know what where do you go now you know like what's the what is the ambitions of of stephen Beatty now in, in yeah. you know in this in this career and in sporting career and everything else around that? I take it yeah. to travel the world to to you know and use use your languages as yeah definitely as a... <laughs>
2: yeah cheap holidays to Spain and uh, practice as much as I can the next couple of months maybe a couple of cheap holidays to France to practice
0: yeah.
2: Uh, yeah as well yeah but yeah the goal is just to do as well as I can in medical school graduate become a doctor long term goal is to be an neurologist. Yeah. some capacity as well again in the Royal Marines that's something that I would want to finish but I started it's, um, it's a door yeah. that I don't want to completely close uh, yet yeah. back into is at some capacity as well uh, a master's level would be something I'd be really interested in yeah. I'm still running quite a lot I still do sprints pretty, pretty regularly once or twice a week so yeah. something that's always in the back yeah. of my mind yeah and
0: and do you um, are you still personal training as well Stephen?
2: yeah I am yeah. Yeah. I'm paying myself through yeah yeah
0: do you have time to think still? You know, I suppose there's more
2: yeah, time for well, you there. I, I do. I've made a I made a point. I made sure that I have a couple of hours at the end of every day most days to sort of collect my thoughts and, and give myself that time to think because it's important. Like we don't. Like, yeah. we can only look after ourselves if or look after other people if we look after ourselves. So I make sure I take that time to look after myself, sleep well, eat well and and de-stress as much as I possibly can.
0: If people want to, you know, get in touch with you just in terms of just your story um you know pers- be inspired and join yeah. you know become St- steven can train you uh, to <laughs> you know be a better be a better self like you know where can we where can we find you
2: yeah um on instagram it's just Stephen beat glasgow yeah. uh on instagram okay. and then Stephen beat on facebook as well
0: yeah okay um yeah, uh, incredible, Graham. have you uh, do, you want? I think Graham's. Uh, he's just in, in awe. <laughs> I, sp- uh, speechless. Yeah, speechless. Yes,
1: I, mean, I, I yeah, I was I was gonna ask, um, Stephen, You know, if you if if you had your time again, and if if, if you could, if you could talk to your you know thirteen, fourteen year old self, what would you say?
2: Try not to worry, everything's going to be okay. But at the yeah. same time, I also realised that the stress I went through sort of gave me the, the motivation, and the work ethic that I have just now to be able okay. me to do the stuff that I'm doing. I'm not quite sure that I would have the work ethic to be able to handle medical school well, looking after my dad and a personal training business if I hadn't dealt with all that stress initially. That prepared me very well for what I'm doing currently. So. I don't. I don't think I would honestly change anything. That yeah. what I went through made me who I am today, and I'm. I'm happy with who I am today. So I don't. I don't think I would change a thing.
1: And the, I also wondered um, why medicine. What. What. What was it about medicine that that you like? You seem to have a. You know, a real passion for analysis and learning. Is was it something to do with that, Stephen?
2: Yeah, it was that, and the fact I was a care of my mother and father. So from an early age, I was involved in medicine in the sense that I was given medicine to my mother and father. Uh, I remember finding my mum, uh, she had diabetes as well. And she was in a diabetic coma. I think I was 18, 19 at the time. I was the one that had to give her the glucagon injection to save her life. So at the very early age, I realised that I wasn't just pretty good at medicine. I could handle very stressful situations very well. And I also liked helping people. i seen the difference that the doctors made to my mother and father, the positive differences that they made to them. And I always wanted to give that back, not just to my parents, but to other people as well. And medicine was just something that just came naturally to me. It was something I was interested in. It was something that didn't feel like it was study. It didn't feel like it was work. It was something I wanted to do. And I always thought, and people always say, if you find a job that you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. And that's what it's like for me with medicine. That's something I love to do. And it it doesn't seem like it's it's hard work because it's something I want to do. It's a privilege that like you're getting the chance to become a doctor and you've got the chance to save countless lives throughout your career. That for me is not, that doesn't seem like a job. That's a, a passion that I'm going to get paid to do. And that's the goal for, I think, most people, isn't it? Find something that you absolutely love. And if you can get paid for it at the same time,
0: brilliant. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, it, and then it, go on holidays and speak French and Spanish. <laughs> <isn't it>? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, I mean, it,
1: they also say that running in athletics is, a lot of people enter running athletics for the performance element or the physical element, but then they find out that it's actually as much about mental health as yeah. well. Was that your yeah. experience, Stephen? Or?
2: Absolutely. And I think the, the COVID pandemic highlighted that for me. I think when we were all cooped up in the house, a couple of miles I could get out running really cleared my mind. And I always thought like if more people could do that and they could realise the positive effects of running, the amount of antidepressants we would need to prescribe, I imagine would plummet. It's just trying to get people to take that initial step to see this is a positive benefit you can get physiologically and psychologically from running. Just take that first step out of your door and build up to it. So when I'm, I can remember my mum was, he was dying of cancer and the only thing I would do when I was stressed I would go for a run and I was a sprinter at the time but it wasn't sprints I was doing it was longer runs because that gave me the better psychological benefits i would go out for a couple of miles run and just clear my head with no music nothing else and I always said I'm not going to make any decisions until I went for a run because I always felt like I felt like I had a clear mind after exercise and that's something I still do today when I've had a tough day and I'm stressed I'll just put my shoes on leave the phone I'll go for a couple of miles and I'll run and then in that walk back that three hundred meters after I've stopped running, walking back to my house, everything's just more relaxed, more peaceful. Yeah. I can think clearer.
1: Such a it's such a unit, such a universal message, and it's such a privilege to be able to run. And I, I guess from Athletics Trust Scotland's perspective, all we really want is to give people that privilege to to yeah. be able to to have that and. Uh, um, you, you know, there's so much work to do, but, yeah, it's a brilliant message. Yeah,
2: Same. absolutely. I think, like you said, it's a privilege to run, and I think I understand that a lot more than most. It's been took away from me on two different occasions, but it was two occasions where I generally thought I might never run again. So every time I put on my shoes and I've got shorts on, I can see the scars on my leg from the accident. I'm reminded of how much of a privilege that is because I came so close to not having the opportunity to do that again.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's exactly. incredible.
0: It's, it's also reassuring to know that a sprinter could, runs long distances as well. So It's brilliant.
1: Well, two, Kyle, to be fair, he said two miles.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Not particularly long or particularly fast, but yeah. It's like,
0: that's a Sunday long run for a sprinter, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sunday marathon for a sprinter. Right. Well, well, the challenge of National Running Week is to run a 5k, uh, yeah. so... Yeah, I, you know message I hope to see a message coming through uh that Stevens Stevens ran a five K during National Running Week. So Yeah, I think I um, will, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the the final question I've got um it's just because of you know who you are and you know y- you know the sport um your expertise and, and you know your just your your just your background um and, and you, you know it's all the things that have happened. If you were in a Graham or I, you know, Graham as a trust, um the, the chair of the trust and myself as a fundraiser manager. Um what would what would you is there anything that you feel that the trust can do in, you know, the communities that you've you, you you've have been in you've been involved in and you grew up in to get people into athletics and, and running?
2: Yeah, I think just exposing them to the, the sport, letting them see how fun it can be, getting them down to a, a training night. I think if you can get yeah. kids down to a track at an early age, they can get that energy from the track and the social benefits from it as well. I met some of my best friends that we're still friends with today through running. I think there's, there's so much benefit from getting people to yeah. uh, athletics. And I think just giving them the chance to experience it first, let them see if they have a talent for it, let them see if they like it. Because they're never going to know if they like athletics or if they have a talent until they give it a chance. And the only chance they've got to do it is if people give them that opportunity i would say that one thing the trust could do is just enable people from maybe more deprived uh backgrounds to get to the track now i don't know much about the pricing of stuff like the I mean, eminence but one of the the factors that i had when i was younger was the price of going to the track and i know now yeah. it's a lot more that i was i was struggling to meet that to go to the kelvin hall so there'd be a lot of sessions i would have to do i would just do it in the local park or do it at the hills because i didn't have the money to get a membership from the track so I think potentially yeah. one thing that some people from more deprived backgrounds might have as a barrier to athletics is a financial barrier yeah
0: yeah amazing yeah. Um, and the, yeah fantastic uh, yeah uh, great Stephen it's been fantastic to chat to you uh, you know I, I, we had a, a catch-up last week but yeah I, I you know I really personally for me inspired by you and your your story and who you are as a person, as a human. Um, and you, you know just you just you telling your story will will make you know our our jobs a lot easier hopefully and and you know get towards our our aims of of getting more people in the sport. So uh thanks so much for all your your time and uh you know and, and good luck with absolutely everything learning new languages uh you know Getting that degree and and becoming a doctor to winning titles in athletics—it's yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you.
2: I'm glad I could tell. Yeah, it's a pleasure speaking with you both.
1: Amazing, That's an amazing, amazing story. And you, you know, to make to make what the trust is doing real for people, and to show how just participating in something as simple as running can make such a difference—it's just it's. Gold dust and uh, for all of the runners out there and there are, there are tens of thousands and a big surge during lockdown as you said earlier uh as well you know if if they can pay it forward and and um, uh, do what they can to support the trust and uh, help other people then you know what an amazing thing to do
2: yeah i absolutely agree 100 percent
0: awesome Well, thanks so much again, both of you. Cheers. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.